Welcome to the King's Church Warrington podcast. Inspirational teaching from our Sunday celebrations. As I was preparing for this morning, I was, I was thinking about film and how important film can be in films and lines from films. And just began to think, I'd love to ask you some questions about film. So, what? just pop your hand up, Julie, I'll come to you with the microphone. What was the first film you saw at the cinema? So the first film I saw at the cinema was Disney's Robin Hood. That sort of ages me, doesn't it? Disney's Robin Hood was the first one I went to see. What was your first film at the cinema? Okay, to Janet. Tom Thumb. Very good. I'm not sure. It was either called The Red Balloon with a little girl called Mandy. But definitely... uh, it had a balloon in Shut up, Janet. Very good. It was um, Hans Christian Andersen with Danny Kaye. All oh, right. Very good. Oh, wow. Very okay. good. Right. Oh, I'll come along that way. Hold on. Bambi. 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 Uh, I saw a bit of Pinocchio, but I fell asleep because only about three. <laughs> Flash Gordon. The old, the old black and white with uh, Buster Crab. Wow. Because actually Flash Gordon was my first film. I was about 19 before I went to the pictures. Really? Live and let die. Well, it was going to be a Bond <laughs> film, wasn't it? <laughs> Anyone else over here? Okay. Okay, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Great film. Just one or two more. Yeah. An old Disney live-action film called Island at the Top of the World. Wow. Just one more. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Wow, <laughs> very cool. So, have a think for a minute. If you were to rate, and I've been trying to do this, and they just keep moving in my sort of estimation. So, what would be sort of the five favourite films so I'm going to ask you to, to name one of your favourite films it doesn't have to be the favourite because for me it kept sort of moving around Lord of the Rings would be definitely up there but then you've got things like Rain Man and Dead Poets Society and The Godfather and Muppet Christmas Carol so there's, there's a real range of films um, that are just classics what would be your favourite films Julia do you mind doing, doing a little bit of a roam around again favourite films Let's have three or four people, maybe five, for favourite films. <clears throat> Calamity Jane, Doris Day. Oh, very good. The Ten Commandments, Charlton Eston. Excellent. Classic. The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron. Oh, wow. Born Free. Born Free, huh? Uh, mine is Mother Goose with Cary Grant. Oh. Any others? Maybe right? one more. Oh, oh we got bright. That's gone. Yeah. Uh, my Desert Island film is Blade Runner. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay, next one. You're going to have to shout these out, okay? And I am editing some of these. If I give you the line, can you tell me the film? Just shout it out. We're going to need a bigger boat. Going to edit this next one. You were only meant to blow the beeping doors off. <laughs> Italian job, okay. Um, you can't handle the truth. 
few good men. Yippee-ki-yay. God made me and he made me fast. Oh. Chariots of fire. I am your father. (laughs) Which Star Wars? No. Return of the Jedi. I think. (laughs) I was so shocked when I saw that for the first time. I just didn't see that coming, that he was his father. Maybe I'm just a bit slow. Um, But when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about Father's Day. Here's the tenuous link. I was thinking about Father's Day. I'm your father, father films, and here we are. Father's Day, and how do you be a star as a father, or as a parent, or as an influencer? It's a bit of a star war. See what I did there? Star war battle. Anyway. Um, So there's a scripture that says this about shining for God. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. How do we shine? How do we be our best as influencers. And you might say, well, I'm not a biological parent and I'm not an adopted parent. That's not the question. You are an influencer on other people. You can be a spiritual parent. You can be an influencer. How do you do that to the best of your ability? And that's what I want to briefly talk about this morning. I guess one of the greatest privileges of my life is being a dad to Sam and to Abby. And I'm constantly learning how to do that. So I'm not speaking to you from any position as an expert, but as a learner of some of the things I've learned. And I've loved as they've grown up having father and son days as we've gone out together and dad and daughter days with Abby. And I remember at Abby's wedding, for those of you who don't know, Abby, my daughter, is married to Manu, who's German. And so how the wedding was in Nuremberg. And I was doing my father of the bride speech And through a translator whose English wasn't the best, but better than my German. And I was explaining that, I said, and one of the things I've loved as Abby's grown up, and then I'd pause, one of the things I've loved as Abby's grown up, is going for walks with Abby in the Lake District. He's going for walks with Abby. And as as he said the translation, Manu went, no, 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 and stopped. And everybody laughed. And I'm thinking, lost on me that one not got that one and apparently what he'd said is one of the things I've loved the most when Abby was growing up was taking her for walks through the red light district (laughs) which is a totally different picture to taking her for walks through the lake district although two years ago last year Jackie and I were out in Mexico where there were missionaries and we had the privilege of actually walking through the red light district with Abby and Manu seeing the work they were doing in that area and helping some of the girls come out of prostitution. So it's funny, isn't it, how things kind of work out. So how do we learn to shine like stars? How do we radiate something that makes a difference on those around us? First of all, I'm going to use like an acrostic of the word star. So S is for secure. If you want to help others to become all that they could be, then you need to know who you are. You need to be secure. We get to be secure in who we are. And I think that's one of the big questions in the Western world at the moment, the whole issue of identity. How do you know who you are? 
Are you who you are because someone tells you who you are? Are you who you are because it's how you identify? Are you who you are because society tells you that's where? How do you know who you are? I suggest that if we start trying to work out our identity from our own perspective, we end up with a smaller view than is actually possible than if we worked it out from God's perspective. Tim Chester, who's a writer I really enjoy reading, said this, If our lives are focused on ourselves rather than God, then we live lives that shrink to the size of our petty concerns. We become self-obsessed, living with smaller horizons. How do we identify ourselves so that our horizons get bigger and larger and we live out into filling all that God says is possible for us? It's a bit like when you travel on an aeroplane, isn't it? And those of you who've traveled in an aeroplane will know that at some point they'll say to you, in the event of a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen masks will fall from the compartments above you. Please fit the oxygen mask over your face, securing it at the back, and breathe normally. Oxygen will be flowing even if the bag in front of you doesn't inflate. Put your own mask on for you can tell I've flown a few times. I could do this as a job, couldn't I? Maybe some of you think you should. Um, I, Oxygen will be flowing. Just breathe normally. Put your own mask on first before looking to help others. If you want to help people to become all that they could be, it's important that you know who you are. Are you secure in the identity that God has given to you? Do you know that you are loved and accepted? Some Bible verses say this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes on him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 1 John 1, 8 and 9 said, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth isn't in us, but if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And purifies from all unrighteousness. Then Romans says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, present or future, any powers, height or depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Then John says, Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Some of us spend our whole lives trying to feel secure, trying to feel loved, trying to feel accepted, trying to feel that we belong. When God says, I just want to give you that as a gift. You don't have to battle for that all of your life. You can have that as a gift. You can know that you're loved. You can know that you're accepted. And you can know that there is nothing that would separate you from that love. From that secure position, we get to help other people to grow into all that they could be. But if we don't deal with that for ourselves first, then we're coming from a position of feeling thrown around all over the place, and we communicate that to those that we're trying to influence and bless and help to mature. So God is good, God is gracious, he's glorious, he's great. And from those positions of knowing who God is, we get to be who we are. So my first point I would say is this, God is glorious, so I don't have to prove myself to him, to myself, or to other people. God knows you, God loves you, 
God wants a friendship with you. And if you start from that position rather than trying to earn God's favor, but you receive it as a gift, the pressure's off. And we get to be secure so that we can help others to become all that they are going to be. Train would be the next thing I would say. I found in life that there's lots of things I don't know. And I found in life there are more things that I don't know that I don't know than things that I just don't know. Think about that. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. But one of the things we get to do as we influence others, as we parent, as we disciple, is that we get to train other people. The problem is sometimes many of us don't realize we need training. So I've got a picture of Mr. Bean driving up there behind me. I remember when I first started to drive, it was a bit like Mr. Bean, to be honest with you. At first, I remember going for driving lessons at 17. It was a birthday present. 10 driving lessons and I remember putting in for my driving test. Before I started the lessons, I remember thinking, I know lots of people who drive and I'm sure I can drive. This is bound to be easy. I have had to go at scale electric. I've watched the Italian job and it can't be that difficult. Lots of people I know can drive and I'm cleverer than some of those. Not all of them, but some of them. This should be a piece of cake. I didn't know what I didn't know. I was unconsciously incompetent. That's a dangerous place to be. (laughs) On my first driving test, I failed for a number of reasons. One was speeding. One was doing a three-point turn and ended up facing the same way. (laughs) That is difficult to do. One was the emergency stop. I hit the accelerator instead of the brake. In fact, my driving examiner got me to park the car before the test centre and walked back. He left me in the car and my instructor had to come back to me and sat in the car and said, I guess you failed then. I think so. I didn't know that I couldn't do it. But then I became consciously incompetence. I knew I couldn't do it. And when we're trying to help people grow and train them, when they feel like, I know I can't do this, what we've got to do is just get alongside, encourage, support, love. When your children or people you're helping to grow feel like they can't do something, don't reinforce that. Encourage, support, affirm. The next stage of my driving development was these three words that changed everything. Mirror, signal, maneuver. Consciously competence. Just kept saying it. Mirror, signal, maneuver. Mirror, signal, maneuver. Look in the mirror. Tell people what you're going to do. Do it. I had to concentrate on doing what I could do. And the person training me was just acting like a coach. They just coached me. I was beginning to learn that I could do this as parents, as disciples, as investors in others. There's times when we've got to move on and not just be the directive parent who tells them what to do all the time as if they don't know a thing. Part of parenting, part of training people, part of investing in people is knowing when to move from being directional to being a coach to just supporting them in what they're learning to do. And then, like me, I'm sure you've passed your driving test if you've passed your test. You can drive from one place to another and you're not thinking mirror signal manoeuvre. 
You're thinking about a million things. You're not wondering about, do I put the clutch in? It just becomes unconsciously competent. You can just do it without thinking. And that's what we're trying to get people to, to a place where our children, those we're investing in, they can just do stuff and they can train others. We're investing in people so that they can invest in people. We're making disciples so that they can make disciples. We're being spiritual parents so that those we're investing in can invest in others. I love the bit in the Bible where Paul writes to Timothy and he says, The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who are qualified to teach others. Four generations, Paul to Timothy, Timothy to reliable people, reliable people to others. We're trying to help people not just to become all that they could be, but become all that they could be so that they can help other people to become all that they could be. So in this, we need to remember that God is great and I don't need to be in control. So we let people grow into their potential. Thirdly, going very quickly, A, accommodate. Make room. Make room for people. The book of Proverbs says this in Proverbs 18:15. The intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he looks for them. Are you open to new ideas? Are you open to developing as a person? Or are you closed? Are you, this, is, this is how I'm going to do it. This is how it's always going to be. Or are you the kind of person who new ideas are good as long as you're having them? Other people's new ideas are not so great, but if you're having the new ideas, they're great. Sometimes we hear a new idea and we think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Have you ever had an idea presented to you like that? Surely. (laughs) There are two possibilities. One is, it's not the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life. It's just a very different thing. And if you were to give it time and you were to give it consideration, actually implementing that could make some really positive changes in your life that could help you to become all that you could be. It might just be the idea you need, but it's not the idea you expected. Are you open to that? The second possibility is, it is in fact the stupidest idea you've ever heard in your life, in which case dismiss it. But don't dismiss things before you've had a chance to process them as we're investing in children and young people and those we're trying to disciple make room for their gifts accommodate accommodate different personalities accommodate different gifts make room for each other ephesians 4 2 says be patient with each other making allowances for each other's faults because of your love Isn't it interesting that we live in a world that's not perfect? We live in families that are not perfect. We attend a church that's not perfect. And we ourselves are not perfect. Yet often when someone wrongs us, we want justice. And when we wrong someone else, we want mercy. Why don't we think, why don't we think, how could I give mercy? Make room for each other. Make room. Accommodating. Make room. Let's remember, God is glorious. So I don't need to fear others. I don't need to be threatened by other people's gifts and abilities. I don't have to try and clone people to have the same personality and style as me. 
but I need to accommodate. I need to make room for people to grow into all that they could be. And we are richer for that. And then finally, our resilience. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep showing up. Keep forgiving. Keep invested. Keep making room. Keep believing what God says about you and not the lies that can sometimes fill our minds. What does the Bible say about this? Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Or Hebrews 6.12. We don't want you to become lazy, but to, intimidate, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised what we do counts the Hebrew writer was reminding people that sometimes the level of the journey is that we've just got to keep going we've just got to stick in there we've just got to persevere we've got to carry on and we live in a world that's super fast broadband and everything's instant and high speed when sometimes in life and with God it's just a matter of keep going keep putting one foot in front of the other well it's difficult yes it is sometimes but keep going keep moving in the film we saw earlier of Graham's life where God really moved and really answered prayer for us with Graham and and it is so good to see you here But I can remember Jackie and I would visit on a regular basis when Graham was not aware that we were visiting. With Janet, we went through Easter services at the bedside. And uh, I can remember a verse that was really important to us in that season was this. And we used to read it to Graham. It says, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with a long life, with a long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And we would read that to Graham. And we would stand with Graham. And you guys, you got got messages and texts most days as we prayed and battled for Graham's life. It wasn't instant. We didn't pray one prayer and suddenly Graham jumped up from the bus stop and all was well. We had some amazing people who played their part. And then we prayed and we saw God heal and we saw the medical stuff. And we went on a journey that we've celebrated today. And some of you are in situations at the moment that are just difficult. And you don't know what you're going to do next. Graham wasn't even conscious. But others carried him. And we kept going. And some of you guys, it's time just to keep going. Don't give up. Just put one foot in front of the other. Keep persevering. Some of you in your families, you're thinking, I don't know what to do as a parent at the moment. Just keep being there. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing love. Just keep trying to communicate. Just keep, well, it's hard. Just keep doing it. Some of you are in marriages at the moment where it's tricky. Just keep going. Some of you have been through bereavements or divorce or painful situations and you don't know how to. Just keep going. You're here. You're here. You're alive. And God has a plan for you.
Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep going and breakthrough will come. And if, if you receive nothing else from this morning, and I hope you do, remember the film and remember this. Even when we are powerless, it's not the end of the story. We can keep going and breakthrough can come. Keep going. Resilience. A Harvard professor was asked, what do you most look for in a student who's applying to Harvard? And he did not say the level of their education or their intelligence. He said this, resilience. We look for resilience. Can you keep going? Keep going, friends. We get to model this in those we're investing in. Persevering. It's easy to stop. It's easy to give up. It's easy to step down. It's easy not to show up, to be inconsistent. But persevere. When you feel on the outside of things and you don't, feel like you belong, persevere in showing up because you will feel like you belong if you keep connected. When you feel like, uh, I don't have this skill or this gift and I can't do it. Do you know they say that if you want to get really good at something, it usually takes about 10,000 hours of investment. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. If there's a skill you want to learn. If you want to be a part of a missional community, a missional household, keep showing up. Can I tell you the most discouraging thing that happens to a missional community leader? Just for two reasons. One, you might not want to do it. But two, if you're having a bad day and you want to discourage a missional community leader, you could do this. That's not really what I mean. The most discouraging thing that happens to a missional community leader is this. You've had a really hard day, a busy day, a full day. You've rushed around getting the house ready for people to come. You've given the kids their tea. You are shattered. It's been a full day. And you start getting texts at about seven o'clock. I can't make it today. I'm tired. I'm going to have a night off. It's been a busy day. And you've been running around getting everything ready. And you're shattered. Friends, let's encourage one another. Keep showing up. Keep encouraging. Be resilient. Keep going. The temptation is to find the path of least resistance, but we get to keep going. We get to keep loving our children. We get to keep loving our spouse. We get to keep loving our parents. We get to keep loving our Christian brothers and sisters. We get to keep loving the lost. We get to keep investing in others. Eugene Peterson says, discipleship is long obedience in the same direction. God is perfectly patient. I'm nearly finished. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. If we don't give up. So God is good. And I don't need to look elsewhere for my satisfaction. So how do you be a star investor in others, a star parent? How do you win the star wars, as it were? Do we just abdicate? No. What we do is we are secure in who we are because God is gracious. 
We train and invest in others because God is great. We accommodate others because God is glorious. So we make room. And we become resilient. We don't give up because God is good. And at the moment, you might not be feeling that God is good because you're not seeing a lot of evidence of the goodness of God in your life. That doesn't change the fact that God is good. Keep persevering. You will see. The psalmist says in Psalm 27 at the very end, I would have despaired unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So take heart and wait on the Lord. Let's pray together. Maybe this morning you related to some of those things. Maybe you think, do you know what? I just need to know that I feel more secure in God's love. Maybe I need to make an investment not to just be a passive person, but to either invest in my children or the people I'm parenting spiritually or those around me. Maybe you're thinking, I need to make more room for people. I need to accommodate people with different perspectives to me, different personalities to me, different gifts to me. Or maybe you're just thinking, I need to keep going. I was thinking of giving up, but I'm going to persevere. If any of that relates to you, then as I'm stood at the front, I'd love to pray for you any of that resonates with you, would you just stand where you are? I'd love to pray for you. If any of that resonates with you, just stand where you are. Father, as people have stood right across this room, I pray for your grace and for your strength, for your hope, for your encouragement to fill them. Pray if it's that sense of security in you that they need. I pray that they would feel overwhelmed by your love and your acceptance today. If it's training others and investing in others and discipling others, I pray that you would show them how to build those friendships, those relationships of trust that they could pass on what you've given to them. If it's the need to make room for others in their lives or in their homes or in their friendships, I pray that there would be that grace to accommodate others. And if they're feeling weary and worn down and on the point of giving up, I pray for that resilience to keep going, keep putting one foot in front of the other, keep taking the next step to make the breakthrough. I pray if there's any here today who don't know you and want to know you, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would open their hearts to you, that they would find that you are the one who brings hope, joy, peace and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.